Hey, this is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. Before we get started, um, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I know that my schedule didn't make it so you could be listening to this instead of listening to your racist uncle rant on about how Trump's impeachment is a crime against the country. But, um, my schedule is my schedule, unfortunately, for holidays. But there's always Christmas! Um, but thank you to whoever and everybody who listened to my last episode on Anime NYC. I had a lot of fun going to that con for two days. Hopefully next year I get to go for the full three days. Um, I would really like to do that. Um, but I do plan on going next year. I also always eternally plan on doing panels wherever I apply to panels and they'll let me, which are usually Anime NYC, and I get, like, shot down. Or Liberty City Anime is kind of the place you can always go to see me, it seems like. (laughs) Because my panels pack rooms in that thing. Which always, like, warms the cockles of my weird little heart to know that, like... People come specifically to hear me rant in person about anime. Like, in a more focused way than I do on my podcast here. But, you know, it still it still makes me happy that people show up and all that stuff. So, thank you for listening to that episode. Also, not very soon, but soon enough where I get to say it out loud. I am moving. Not, like the show is moving to a new network, to a network, or any of that stuff. Um, although I would love that. That would be a lot more support and magical, th- and magical junk. Um, I am, like, moving my home to a different town, which means I get a much cooler studio setup. And I'll probably, like, you'll probably hear me say it up top here when that happens and when, like, it's all perfect. But, like, I'm... I'm looking forward to having a whole cool studio because I have this whole thing planned out where I have, like, a space to watch anime, a mini bar, a freaking, like, recording booth station instead of out of my bedroom, <laughs> which is what I do now. But, um, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. But that said, we're going to talk about something weird today. And that weird thing is something you might not have heard of called Boys B. Oh 
Okay, so in all honesty, last time this show is about anime, and it's about anime, like, as its sole thing. But oftentimes in anime, um, there are, the precursor to it is manga. Manga works a lot like almost the, um, sometimes almost panel for panel, the storybook, the storyboard for an anime, in lots of cases. It definitely works as the source material of, like, the story for adaptation into an anime. But, in things that are more anthology-based stories, that's a lot harder to do. So, this is a lot harder to do, and it's really hard to do successfully. So, this, um, so this episode will be about Boys B as an anime, but I'll be jumping into the manga a lot, because, how should I put this? Boys B as a show came about in the early aughts, which meant that it also came about in, like, the digi what known as the digipaint era of anime, which is the early point of using anime that is heavily um, assisted by computers. And what I mean by that is up until... Up until the 2000s, anime and animation was largely produced on cells. And the reason for this is not because those computers weren't there, although they kind of weren't. Um, the reason is because animators had a lot more control and understanding of traditional cell animation and traditional like paper cell animation especially. Uh, uh, um and drawing on paper and drawing on cells. And if you're wondering why I said paper cells instead of just cells a second ago, it's because paper cells and cells are two different things. When animation used to be produced, what would happen is, is it would be drawn on cells, which are basically like clear cellophane sheets with a special row of holes at the top that are... um used for what called for a special peg bar that's called animator pegs. And basically animator pegs are um oval like oval two ovals on either side and a circle in the middle. And I've told the story about why lunchbox radio is called lunchbox radio. Um but the process of animation is it, it, with a cell is you have a background which is usually a solid painted thing. And that's usually on a cell, or it's longer than a cell. Lots of times it's longer, because they want something to move through a background, so they'll have the cell walking in place, and they'll move the background for each shot. Um, to, to give the illusion of a character walking across a, a background. As the background goes by, kind of parallax in the... In, the previous thing, but it all times up, so it looks like the character's just walking, and it looks like you're following the character, not the character staying in pl place, and you're following the background. But, um, so they would put down a cell, take a picture, take it up, 
put down the next tile. And lots of animators number their cells in the corners outside of the safe lines or the field of view of a traditional TV screen so that they know what order everything goes in. So take a picture, pick it up, put down the so one, two, three, four, five, six, all the way up to 24 for a full second in many cases. Um, this, uh, this, um, ends up producing animation, but in the era of computer animation, which starts kind of with the DigiPaint era in anime, animated animation studios, in order to kind of keep, in, in order to keep budgets down and to keep like, with the curve of technology, changed to a digital, to a form of digital animation. Um, if you want a good example of what a DigiPaint era show is, um, a lot of shows from the early 2000s, uh, I don't know why this pops into my brain, but the show Battle Program or Shirosei or BPS, which is a very weird, very episodic, very weirdly perverse um, show is a early DigiPaint show. And it, you, you see it. You see the kind of flatness of the colors. Everything's all flattened out because basically what's happening is instead of using a lot of shading and a lot of textures and a lot of layers... And I know this from using Photoshop for years. A drawing is done, and then a coloring artist, who's a different... And you can see all of this in... Um, a great way to see all this is the show Shirobako. But a coloring artist drops colors in. Like, just, like, outline something, drop. Outline something, drop. And that's for the sake of speed, but it comes off with this almost super flat style... And when the drawings aren't made to support that, when, like, you're not putting in nice curves and stuff like that, so the shadows, so the parts of the drawing have weight and the shadows feel like they have weight, it comes off as, like, super flat, kind of, like, boring. Another more popular example of this is the, um, that I've covered in this show. I don't think I've covered Battle Programmer Shio Day in this, in this podcast yet. Um, but, uh, Dot Hack Liminality is also an early DigiPaint show. And the reason why I'm talking about all this is because it's the first knock against the Boys Be Anime. If you've ever seen it, you probably remember it as, like, this kind of passable, boring-looking show. And that's because it's in the, like, early, maybe mid-early DigiPaint era. And... That means that it has this kind of flat look. The character kind of look like stereotypes of an anime character from 2001-ish. Um, but... Um, oh, Habani Renbai. Haibani Renmai, Renmai is the um, perfect example of an early DigiPaint show. Um, and that stands for Digital Paint, by the way, if I hadn't said that before. That doesn't stand for a studio name. Um, but, basically, 
Boys B as a is a conceptual work first. It is a, a how should I put this? It is a collection of the beginnings of romances between female between two teenagers, one male, one female. I don't believe there's any um, queer relationships in the whole show, um, in the whole property. I just don't think that it, that it, that's what that is. Um, but in Boys B, but the things not unique about Boys B, but different about Boys B, is it's a kind of shoujo-esque concept executed from almost an entirely male perspective. Um, a great, like, weird, bad <laughs> nightmare example is My Girlfriend is a Gal from a, a couple seasons ago. Um, that show is very much about a romance, but it is also very much from the male from the male's perspective as opposed to the female perspective. And so what Boys B basically is, is, it's, uh, is you follow, usually for a chapter, I think the maximum amount of chapters you ever follow a single couple for is three. And I think that's even only the first book. And that's meant to be like the introduction to the concept, which is really great. Um... And those three chapters are like really good, um, but the whole the whole thing of Boy B, I think I have like nineteen volumes of it sitting in storage. Um, is it all feels interesting and different and fun and like heartwarming at the end? But so it's this anthology thing, and you're supposed to be following one couple for like a chapter or. Two, two is stretching it lots of times, except for the previous one when I said it was three. And it's about them getting together and them becoming a couple, and it smash cuts and moves on to a totally different set of characters. Now, sometimes those characters will be background characters, or you'll see the, or you'll see one of those characters in like the frame of a different story like five chapters ago um but for the most part it's complete even when actually not for the most part but even when they focus on like side characters and then go down that road instead they the next character they move on to is a side character and they go down that storyline it feels like a totally new story it feels like you're meeting new characters and you're in, but the other thing is, is you feel like you're all in the, they're all in the same world and they're all in the same city. It so the best way I can describe this concept is if you've ever seen the greatest Christmas movie of all times. If you haven't, this is a great time to go find it and watch it. If you've ever seen the greatest Christmas movie of all time, Love Actually. 
Boys B is like love actually with teenagers. And <laughs> and so I'll be honest. I, I'm coming when I watched the Boys B anime, I was coming at it from a place of um bias because I love the Boys B manga because I don't I don't want to be super depressing around the holidays, but here we go. I grew up with a potentially fatal illness, and that was brain cancer. And, you know, something odd happens to people who have terrible diseases. And that is, if you survive, or when you're going through it, people distance themselves from you. If, um, and this happens for disabled people as well. And what that means is that you... Rely, is that you rely heavily on the people who don't. And the people who don't become 10,000 times more important to you. And also, but also, like, the, like, the chances of you having a relationship don't necessarily go down, but it's harder because it let the less people who approach you for a relationship. Um, it, it, and what I mean by that is, once you look like you've experienced real pain and tragedy, you don't... It, it, that registers for other people. It, it, it changes their reaction to you because you, they realize that, oh... You know, my, you know, I, they, they're forced to, what I'm trying to say is, they're forced to confront the fact that real tragedy exists in the world. And that's a really weird, hard, scary thing for people to do. People want to believe that, you know, their problems are the biggest end-of-the-earth things on the planet. And when you're, and when somebody else's problems are so clearly and obviously so far and away on a magnitude beyond them, theirs, the other person, lots of people don't know how to deal with that. They don't know how to cope with somebody else's real tragedy. They know how to cope with, you know, theirs because they live with it. And this is true for, like, everything from, like, you know, I'm getting an F in physics to, like, I have asthma and I've had really bad asthma since the day I was born. I, it, it, people want to believe that, the, that, all, that all problems are equal. And uh, as point of fact, I believe that, like, if somebody's having a bad day and, like, they're, but they're having a bad day because, you know, they drop their coffee on themselves. And I'm like, that's not that bad. Go get another shirt. You have a good job. Go use some of that money and get another shirt. I, you know, that, but them spilling coffee on themselves still sucks. And, like, I, I can appreciate that the sucks. And I'm not trying to say that, you know, me surviving brain cancer is harder than somebody's SATs. 
it's harder than getting like a fifteen hundred on the SATs and being that stressed out for that long. But I am saying that there is a real difference. If you don't get a fifteen hundred on an SATs, you go to a slightly worse or maybe even exactly the same level of college. If I didn't survive brain cancer, I would be dead. And I I hate I hate putting that in that simple cut and dry of a term, but it gives you an idea of what people when they see me and when they approach me and when they talk to me are really confronting. Like that that's wrapped up in me because if they at any point go, Hey, why is your hand like that? Or why do you wear a leg brace? Like, well, I'm a brain cancer I'm a childhood brain cancer survivor and that that is so like that saying that creates this big ominous scary thing that I've survived that makes lots of people feel like every all of their problems are nothing and like the world is really scary and they haven't noticed this entire time. And that's that kind of like dark cloud does follow you and like it was especially when you have a physical disability as a result of whatever happened in your past. Especially when you have a mark of what of what you survived that makes it really hard and that's true for me. And so for my entire life I've been not alone. I've been not lonely, but alone in the way that I am. Because not only am I a brain cancer survivor, I'm also mixed race. I was raised by a single mother. I, you know, the whole nine, basically. And it it made it hard for me to have for a long time, meaningful romantic relationships, and and uh, and not even meaningful romantic relationships, but relationships where I was truly close to a person. So, me being a kindly weirdo sap that I am, I gravitated towards things like shoujo manga and things like Boys B. There it is. He finally got back to it. It took him like ten minutes, um, but. So I, like, I devoured Boys B for a couple years. And I, lo I loved it. I still love the stories when I go back and I read them. But the anime doesn't really capture the same thing because it's not... It's not... It's less about people falling in love and becoming close, and becoming close and honest, which is important, than it is about a singular couple's, like, struggle to be together for, like, for, like, however many episodes. And it's, like, and they do kind of branch a little to other characters, but they have one couple as the focus of the whole show, and it just doesn't, it doesn't feel the same because what what's 
so great about Boys B as a property is that it's not interested in the long, drawn-out, will-they-won't-they anime bullshit. It's interested in telling you a love story. Albeit, it's very interested in telling you a love story from the male perspective, which is... Um, not... Which is not fair to the fem- to lots of the female characters in all those stories, but also... They give the female character lots of time, plenty of agency, but when you wipe all that away and you stretch out the story, you have you don't. What I'm trying to we we wipe all that away and stretch out the story. You don't end up with Caracano. If you if you've never seen Caracano, it's his and her circumstances. I think I might have done an episode on it, but I, I'm not sure. Um, I've done I've done over a hundred of these things. Give me a break. Um, <laughs> but Caracano is at its core a story about a couple and the complete and and the almost complete life cycle of a couple of a single real couple that like is fleshed out and imagined. And it encompasses all the things you imagine a couple doing. And it's also about all the people around them and how they break off and couple off and pair up in unique ways. Um, but that is what that is really what people hope that a romantic story is about a lot of times in anime. They they want the like full fleshed out like coupledom of the story. They want to see those characters together. But so often what anime does is it tries to give you that without giving you the satisfaction of seeing them as a real couple. It tries to give you them hanging out as friends and hanging out as as of hanging out as friends, and hanging out as slightly more than friends, and then slightly more than more than friends, until the end of time. And there's always this, will they, won't they, blah, 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 bullshit. And then, (laughs) at the end, at the end, is the, like, romantic gesture, the kiss, and then cut to black. And that's really frustrating. What, um, what Caracana, what his and her circumstances does is it actually covers the whole life cycle of a couple. What the Boys Be Manga does is it covers that end section. It covers that section where, that, that end, that beginning section that usually romance anime only get right up to. And that is, okay, they met each other, they've maybe had a couple back and forth, and now they kiss and they're together. And they cut to the next couple. And it's this continuous telling of a different kind of blossoming love every single time. And it's this beautiful... It's this beautiful, um, like, repeat of the same thing. Um, 
I forget who it is. It might be. I think it's night. I think it's Breadsword on YouTube said this, but he said that his favorite part in a movie is when a character breaks out in a run after another character in like a rom com or like a ro romance movie or something like that. And in um, Satoshi Kon's Millennium Actress, there's this big, long, continuous, almost never-ending running and chasing sequence. And it's this beautiful symphony of that feeling sustained for, like, longer than it normally is. You know, the guy's not just reaching the train right before the train leaves to tell her he loves her and then she she gets off the train. He's not just, like, barging into... He's not, show, he's not just meeting the girl or whatever. It's this one continuous running and chasing thing. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. If you've never seen Millennium Actress, oh my god, go watch it. Um, but... That's really what um, Boys B is as a concept. It's the sustained blossoming love that you that happens again and again and again, and each time it's beautiful. And when you stretch that, but when you when you start it there and you stretch it all the way out to like an a full length anime. What happens is, is it, it just, it feels like all the parts of rom of ro romantic comedy anime that don't work. It feels like no one's that interested in anybody because they don't, because nothing advances. And unlike... In many romantic comedy anime, many good ones, there's nothing to stop them from advancing. It it just it it feels like they don't. It feels like they actively don't want to advance the story, but also the story has to advance. If that makes any sense. So it's like episodes. I think twelve episodes. Of, like, wheel spinning. And just kind of disappointment. <laughs> and the main, the main character is so milquetoast. And the m female love interest is pretty boring. And slightly abusive. And they also write one of the single, like, he would be arrested and thrown in jail in 2019. Most like, offensive, predatory, fucked-up characters on the planet. And he, like, gets with the girl who, like, he pray who he, like, preys on all the time, which is even worse. It's like, hey, what is this guy who put a mirror on his shoe so he could look up your skirt, like, daily, was actually a kind soul with a heart of gold, and... You went. You gave him a chance, and you went out 
with him, and then you guys were boyfriend and girlfriend. It'd all be great. No, and it's not great. It's like, no, that guy's a shit bucket. <laughs> I can tell you right now, that guy's a shit bucket. Do not give that guy any length because he will take it. <laughs> and it's just, it's really. It's really disappointing to see, like, so, like, we've, anybody listening here has probably seen a bad anime adaptation of a story they loved, and most of, and almost everybody here knows about adaptations where the, an adaptation where the people who made it weren't satisfied, and they went back to make it and made it better, um, that the show I'm thinking of, of course, is um, Full Metal Alchemist. And so, if you don't know the first Full Metal Alchemist, they made it, and it concluded before the story, of the manga finished, and so it had to veer off in a totally different direction. In the original, in the in full in Full Metal Alchemist, the like original, and then when Brotherhood, when they did Brotherhood. They did Brotherhood because the story of Full Metal Alchemist had finished. And they could adapt the entire thing start to end without worrying about catching up to the manga or anything like that. And while I do love the original Full Metal Alchemist, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is just a better show. It's more interesting. It's more committed to its thing. It, like, goes really insane places that you could feel that FMA was building to, but because they didn't have the full story yet, th those characters had to, like, stop at a point. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but, basically, we all know that Anime adaptations are not a one-to-one -one science. Not everything can be adapted perfectly. Um, another show I've talked about on this podcast that has a very different anime adaptation than its um, manga is Ocean Bow. Ocean Bow could not have possibly run for as long as the um, manga did because... The manga only concluded like four years ago because of a scandal involving um, the uh, the Fukushima nu nuclear zone. But, um, believe it or not, you can look that up. I promise I'm not making it up. Um, the the cat the amount of time the manga has had to sit with the characters of Ocean Bow is just more empirically than the amount of time that the anime got to, because the anime, I think, ran from, like, I think a decent amount of episodes, but if there wasn't enough episodes. I think it ran for, like, 60 episodes or something in, like, the 80s, though. So, it's just... But... Some things also don't... There's a, 
there's a divide between manga fans and anime fans and people who watch both. I've and people who watch anime and read manga. I've always read manga. I've always watched anime. It's always been a package deal for me. And there are things like Void B that I loved, but I never thought needed an anime. Like I, I, I never thought in my head, Void B needs an anime. I thought in my head, Void B will never get an will never get an anime because the first for the first story they tell. Is about a kid who meets a girl who's into clubbing. They like do drugs at some point, I think, and then they go to a love hotel and they fuck. <laughs> like I'm like, uh, the this will this will never this will never get an anime. Um, but I, because. And this is the other thing, is that Boys B came out in the, like, period of... In the, like, bubble period for anime, when everything was getting adapted. Because people, the industry perceived, not wrongly, a, like, hunger of, you know, the world that it wanted... To, that they wanted more anime. And it's just... It's like... It, there was so much coming out at that time, and there's so much that didn't need to come out and had no business being made, and there's so much that was adapted that it was like, you twisted this and turned this into something that is not just so you could get an anime out of it. And unfortunately, Boys B was one of those things. Um, Na Naruto, originally, is not divided into Naruto and Naruto Shippuden. It is divide it is one continuous story. The time skip is there, but it's not chopped into two different properties. And the chopping of into it of two of it into two different properties is a marketing move so they can have a new Naruto. And it can be its own thing. Um, Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z were originally planned as two separate things. Um, but the but and and in Dragon Ball's case, what helped it is in the same way there was a time skip, and they follow the characters along that show, and they acknowledge the time skip like subtly. Like, they, they don't introduce Goku as so much as he comes back on screen kind of thing in, Dragon, in the first episode of Dragon Ball Z. Um, but, it's just... It's not that it's bad to, act, to adapt things, it's just you have to know what to do with it and you have to do it well. They could have very easily adapted Boys B as an anthology, and they could have taken each episode, each section, and told the story, and um, moved on to a different story. Um, a good show that did this that I actually haven't watched, and I should, called like Sundere Children, and that's about 
does six different stories about six different couples at different stages in their coupledom. And it's a, supposed to be a really fun, great, interesting show. And Boys B had the opportunity to do that with their anime, but instead they tried to aim for something. And I want to say, I understand them wanting to aim for a more traditional concept of a show, but somebody had to have known, like, this isn't going to work for this because the kind of, the rhythm that's established by going from one story into another, into another, into another, by the anthologiness of it, is... It's difficult to establish with a more traditional show. Actually, a good a good version of that is um that show Takagi from a couple seasons ago that I think is coming back um at some point. But Takagi has these little side stories within within the episodes of Takagi's friends. And they're great and fun and like useless, but they build the world around around the two main characters and it starts to make and those characters start to make more sense. Um but Boys B isn't like that. It's about moving entirely to two new dip to two new characters. Um, there's a great, of uh, actually, Yuri manga, I was looking for my phone five seconds ago, um, that is, that, that feels like Boys B as a, where one chapter is drawn out, um, let me see if I can find it, and it's, it's this. I f I forget what it's called, but it's, it's published from Viz, and it's about two girls: one girl who's a DJ, the other girl who's just kind of floating, and they, you know, meet at passing ships in the night, end up sleeping together, end up like becoming a couple and trying to like do a thing, and it it has the same. feel as Boyd B. At least it gives me the same feel as Boyd B. As seeing, like, a couple grow into being a couple. Um, but I'm gonna end it here, actually, because I'm recording this a day early since I don't... I'm not gonna be in the studio for Thanksgiving. But I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. If you liked this episode, please leave us... A, please leave me a... Um, review on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. We're available basically everywhere. But until next time, I've been Alex, and you've been listening to Lunchbox Radio. I'll talk to you later. <laughs>